All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to an April 13th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Yes, you're Chuck and McKenna with you for 25 minutes or 30 minutes of straight hockey talk. Mike, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing good. It's nice to finally have the field set for the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll dive into it here. But all 16 teams have now clinched, and we know at least who's going to be in the dance, where they're going to be. That remains to be settled. Tyler, lots to watch tonight in NHL action. Yeah, I think we can dub today moving day in the NHL. Everyone knows they have a home in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They just don't quite know where it's going to be. The 16th team to clinch their spot the New York Islanders, who did it with a 4-2 win over the Montreal Canadiens last night. James Nichols from the fourth period is going to stop by a little bit later on in the show to really go deep on the Islanders and the Devils. But Mike, let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and talk about this Islanders team punching their ticket to the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's an interesting group. They have an elite goaltender in Ilya Sorokin. I don't hate their blue line by any means. Up front with a guy like Matt Barzal out of the lineup, I think their forward group leaves you wanting a little bit more, potentially. What do you make of this Islanders team? Are they a group that, you know, is going to get in and have this be a waste of eight days or whatever Daryl Sutter said last year in regards to the Avalanche? Or is this a team that could maybe give a top seed like the Bruins or the Canes some fits in the first round? Well, I mean, who knows? Like, for a team that can defend, you always get worried playing against them in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and the Islanders have played that spoiler role previously. Now, of course, this year under Lane Lambert, it's looked a little bit different. The Islanders have struggled to score. Um, that hasn't been any surprise. Bringing in Horvat, uh, the team started to win more. The scoring didn't go up a whole lot. It's just 
basically the defense is solid and Ilya Sorokin might be the best goaltender in the NHL right now. So I think the Islanders can absolutely be a thorn in somebody's side. Uh, against the Bruins, man, I don't see that one being good because you look at that matchup, the Isles were 0-2-1 against the Bruins this year. They allowed almost five goals a game. That's very unsorokin like But here's the thing. You're looking at these matchups for tonight's games, Tyler. The Panthers are going against the Hurricanes. And Carolina is going to be rooting hard for the Hurricanes because Carolina does not, in my eyes, want to see the Panthers get a point because they don't want to play the Bruins if you can help it. I think the Islanders would love to face the Hurricanes or Devils. Okay, Now, the Hurricanes, they were 1-3-0 against them this year, the Islanders were. But you look at the, at the scoring totals, Islanders scored 2.25, Canes only scored 3. In a close matchup like that, I think the Islanders like that. And they were pretty good. They were 2-1 and one against the Devils this year. So I think the Islanders are, Islanders are really going to be watching tonight's game, especially between the Carolina Hurricanes and Panthers, to see what happens and who they're going against because it matters for them. Yeah, it's one of the many seeding spots up for grabs tonight. Florida taking on the Capitals. If Florida wins, they then leapfrog the Islanders. And Florida basically playing tonight to not have to roll into Boston. Because I think you're right. I think that Canes matchup is just a lot easier. They have goalies who have struggled to stay healthy in the past. You know they're going to be without Evgeny Svechnikov as well. Man, I mean, that Canes team does seem right for the picking. I don't hate the Islanders in that matchup at all. So I'm going to agree with you on that. But also... It might not be the Canes because if Carolina loses their last game and the Devils either win or just bring it to OT, they own the tiebreaker. The Devils could actually still slot into that top spot and then avoid a matchup with the New York Rangers. So much on the line still in the East. We'll touch on that a little bit later. But last night as the Islanders clinched, that meant the 16-year playoff run for the Pittsburgh Penguins came to an end with Crosby and Malkin both healthy for the entire season as well which is quite the wild thing like at the beginning of the year if you would have told me hey the Penguins are going to miss I would have said oh they probably dealt with some really bad injuries to some key guys I know Chris Letang missed some time throughout the year but Crosby and Malkin both played 70 plus games this team did not get in to the playoffs it feels like a failure of massive proportions here in Pittsburgh and our very own Frank Saravalli wrote an article today at dailyfaceoff.com and he had 10 big questions for the 16 teams out of the NHL playoffs and the first one was is Ron Hextall going to survive as the GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins or is that an area where they could potentially make a move Mike your take on that and your take on maybe what the Penguins need to look to do this summer well I don't like calling for anybody's job and I'm not going to do that but I think the writing on the wall is that Hextall and, and for that matter also Brian Burke who heads up the hockey department hockey operations for Pittsburgh mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to be around next year. And a lot of that has to do with Fenway Sports Group, the ownership of that team. They purchased this club in 2021. They inherited Hextall and Burke. And really, when you look at the record, it hasn't been there. Hextall is a GM, seven seasons in the NHL, split between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. There's only four years that the team's been in the playoffs that he's been in charge of, and they haven't won a round. You know? And I think that this offseason, the trades that were made and the moves that were made just don't look very good. John Marino out the door for Ty Smith doesn't look great. Um, rolling the dice with Jari and DeSmith, especially if Jari, after Jari had health problems last year. He had him again this year. DeSmith's game took a back seat, and he only won 15. He was 15 and 20 this year when you look at win-loss. Jeff Carter's deal looks bad. Evgeny Malkin couldn't control himself and stay out of the penalty box. The depth wasn't there. And what I don't like, there's not a lot of help coming to retool this team. Wilkes-Barre's 29th in the league in the American League. They only have one forward in the top 45 in American League scoring, one D in the top 56 in D scoring in the AHL. This team needs a lot of work 
And that's why I think you're looking at a new management team coming into to Pittsburgh. Yeah, it, it really wouldn't surprise me either. And Frank's article really lays out a couple of interesting points with that. I look at some of the moves he's made and they just, they don't feel like big, or they were big swings, but swinging at the wrong pitches almost. Like going out, okay, did you really have to spend that much and then re-sign Ricard Raquel? Was Michael Granlund even the right move there? The one thing I do wonder about this summer, Mike, is the JT Miller thing. I mean, Frank Saravalli mm. reported on this show that it got so far down the line with that conversation between Miller potentially going to the Penguins that the Canucks were already starting to try to figure out what they were going to do with Jason Zucker, who would have been the cap casualty going out. So, I mean... I, I wonder about that. Maybe Hextall, if he gets one more summer to make some swings, maybe that's a deal that comes through and maybe a piece like Miller can spark them. But it seems gloomy in Pittsburgh right now, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. And realistically, they only missed the playoffs by a couple of points, but you still have Crosby and Malkin and Latang, and they're going to be there for a while. So you can't go full rebuild. This needs to be fixed. I just don't know who the person's mm -hmm. going to be to have the chance to do it. So the Penguins miss and it's doom and gloom. The Sabres are officially eliminated over the last 48 hours, and it's really not. It's actually almost quite the opposite. A lot of people really inspired by what this Sabres team did this year and what they could do moving forward. Mike, this team just missed. I mean, five points out right now, even if things don't break their way, they could end up six points out, sure. But the steps forward they took this year have Sabres fans feeling good, and they should feel good is my take here because this is a team with a lot of young talent, a lot of guys that took steps forward this year, and Kevin Adams has a boatload of cap space. Mike, what should the Sabres and Kevin Adams be looking to do this summer to bolster this team and take another step forward next year? You know, I wanted to see the Sabres take a big swing at the trade deadline, kind of just for the fun of it and because they had the cap space. But I think Kevin Adams was smart to stick to his game plan here. His team still has a full complement of draft picks. They even have two second rounders this year. So maybe they make a package and, and trade for somebody. But that $19.5 million in cap space next year is it's a lot to look at. But we have to remember that a year down the road in 24-25, Rasmus Dahlin, Owen Power, they're going to need new contracts. And Jack Quinn's in that mix as well. So, you know, you're you're probably going to have to pay out there. Adams has to be cognizant of that. But his playbook is to lock up players, young players, on long-term deals. Thompson, Cousins, Samuelsons, all smart deals. Tuck's on a 4.75. I think the best thing that he could do this offseason is to probably add to the middle of that team, grab some dependable forwards for middle to bottom six, right? A Nolachari, someone like that, that's going to be mid-priced, that can get you some scoring, some smart hockey. And even though they've got seven or eight defensemen under contract next year, I still think that the Sabres probably need to bulk up on the blue line. They do need more of a veteran presence back there, not just Ilya Labushkin. They need somebody more for me to take the next step to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, but I think they're right there. I think that Adams needs to be smart, stick to his game plan, but he can definitely spend a little bit this summer. Yeah, you can. I think maybe the only thing that doesn't work in their favor is that this free agent class isn't really that strong. Although, I mean, right. we saw Vlad Tarasenko, Patrick Kane both go to the New York Rangers. What do you think about one of them as a fit? Because I look at this team, I eye up the line chart on daily faceoff, and I go, all right, Thompson, if you were to run Thompson and Cousins down the middle, man, maybe you want to get like a really high-end partner for a guy like Dylan Cousins. If you like the Tuck-Thompson-Skinner mm -hmm. trio, then hey, what if you could convince one of Patrick Kane or Vlad Tarasenko to come ride shotgun next to the workhorse from Whitehorse, Dylan Cousins? 
Yeah, the key for me, I mean, Patrick Kane is from Buffalo, man. It's just two-story book. I think the key to it would be how long would he want to go? Are you looking at a one-year deal, a two- or three-year deal, and what's his price point? Like, Kane's not going to come cheap. You think he's going to be minimum $8 bucks, something like that? You think seven, eight, nine, ten? Like, it all depends on years. So I'd like that, but I do worry about the long term. You need to give growth to the players that are starting to eat up that top-end space in Buffalo and to stagnate them by putting someone in like a Kane – that might not be the right play for what Adams and what he wants to do with that team. That's going to be a tough decision. It will be, but it'll be a fun summer to watch in Buffalo. That's a team that I'm excited to see what the pieces they can kind of put in place over the next couple of months. Mike, at the start of the show, we dubbed it moving day. So let's sink our teeth into what is on the line tonight and take a look at tonight's schedule in the NHL. The Canes in Florida. Pittsburgh taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Jets playing the Avs, Blues and Stars, Oilers, Sharks, Kings, Ducks, Kraken, and the Golden Knights. Now in the East, we kind of laid it out earlier what's on the line. In the West, Dallas and Colorado are playing for that top spot in the Central. Neither of them can get that top spot in the entire conference. That will go to one of Vegas or Edmonton, and that's what I want to zero in on, Mike, because with those four playoff teams in the Pacific all in action tonight, there could be some serious movement. An Edmonton win and a Vegas regulation loss means the Oilers win the conference and win the division for the first time since 1987. But there's also a chance the Oilers end up playing the Kings. If the Kraken win then and the Oilers lose, then we could actually end up with a Kraken Oilers. There's so many possibilities is what I'm getting at here as I marble mouth my way through all of them. But Mike, the Pacific is what we're watching tonight because there could be some big swings there. Yeah, I agree. Especially, you know, like the Central still left to be won, right? Even though the Stars and Avalanche are both playing tonight, the Avalanche still have a second game on their schedule. So let's forget about that. And the Pacific, it, as much as we know that teams are making the playoffs, we, it's still kind of wide open here. And Edmonton's got a clearer path right now to taking the Pacific. If you ask me, they've won eight straight. And look who they're playing against tonight, the Sharks. Sharks are terrible right now. And Vegas is playing against Seattle. The thing is, Vegas handled Seattle. They've handled them on Tuesday. They've handled them all season long. Um, what really gets interesting is to look at L.A. Because, man, can you imagine if L.A. drops another and Seattle manages to sneak into the third-place spot in the Pacific? It would really throw a monkey wrench in everything because, like, I don't think that the first-place team in the Pacific wants to play against L.A. at all. If you had to choose between L.A. and Seattle, it's Seattle all day long. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how this plays out because there's definitely – pressure points here teams you wouldn't mm -hmm. want to play we know winnipeg's going to be at the bottom and if you can play them i'd say that's probably a better play but i don't know tyler if you had to pick even between seattle and winnipeg though like which of those teams do you think would be the the harder out we talked about winnipeg yesterday in the hellebuck factor I, i'm not sure about it there man like that, that's a tough beat one of those two if you had to choose yeah, like, I mean, from hosting Oilers Nation every day, I think I got a bit of a pulse on how that fan base is feeling. And I think Connor Hellebuck scares a lot of Oilers fans. I think it happened in right. the bubble year and in the shortened season, I, or in the Canadian division season, when Hellebuck just slammed the door shut for three games or for four games and they, they were done. Man, I mean, the Jets scare me for Hellebuck alone. The Kraken maybe don't worry me as much if I'm the Oilers because I've matched up so well against them. But the weird thing is the only way to end up playing the Kraken if you're the Oilers is if you lose tonight to San Jose, which also doesn't feel like a possibility. So I think we're getting an Edmonton-LA rematch. And wouldn't that be something, Mike? Those two teams went toe-to-toe oh, -to -toe last year and the Kings look a lot better this year. That would be a hell of a series. 
Yeah, I tell you what, though, the Kings better hope Fiala is ready to go. Like, he's the key mm-hmm. to that team being better and ready to go. They need Mikey Anderson in the lineup. If, if they don't have that full complement of players, watch out. But that was a battle last year. I had a front row seat between the benches for game three of that series, and I'd love to see more of it this year. It would be something. Uh, let's head back to the Eastern Conference now and welcome in James Nichols for a new edition of the All-32. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You can find him on Twitter at James Nichols NHL. He is the Devils and Islanders correspondent for the fourth period. James, appreciate you giving us some time. I want to get your thoughts on the New York Islanders clinching a playoff spot last night. But I look at this team and I go, okay, their record, they're 18th in the league since the trade deadline. They're not exactly surging into the playoffs here as that eighth seed. But when you look at how they match up against either the Canes or the Bruins, do you think this Islanders team has upset potential? Well, I'll tell you right now, you know, the the consensus for most and, and, you know, even I believe is that the Islanders are best built for the playoffs rather than getting to the playoffs. And and lucky for them, um, you know, some things went right with, you know, other teams not playing as well as they could have and and maybe clinching a spot of their own. And and they get to game 82 last night and have the uh, ability to clinch themselves. So um, they get in by the skin of their teeth. But, you know, we've seen what the Islanders can do uh, in you know, seasons past, you know, not last year, obviously they missed the playoffs, but um, the season prior and, and even the one even prior to that, where uh, they went to back to back conference finals. So um, there is definite upset potential here. They've already upset upset the Carolina Hurricanes once. Um, I don't want to say that they that they can definitely upset the Boston Bruins, because I think that's a that, that's a tough matchup there for for just about anybody in the NHL. But there is definite upset potential here because many don't want to see the, the New York Islanders in the playoffs now that they are officially in. 
And I wonder about the New Jersey Devils. I would love to see this matchup, Islanders and Devils, almost as sexy as it would be Rangers versus Devils. Haven't been part of that previously when I was playing. I know what that's like. I know what the heat is between those teams. So with the Devils, I really only have two questions about this club. They're so good offensively, the metrics, the analytics, all those things. Um, But there's always been the question of the level of grit and nastiness that takes place in the playoffs. Do the Devils have that? Can Vitek Vanacek get it done? Because he's had moments this year where he looked really good and he's had times where he just hasn't had to do a lot so what are your expectations from the grit level from the goaltending standpoint for the Devils yeah you know and on the goaltending I had just asked Lindy Ruff about this the other day I said how important was it for him to have that really good game he had uh, on Tuesday night uh when they when they you know won uh, I think it was four, four, uh, five to two or, or six to two um you know very easily could have uh they, they could have given up four Four goals, and and uh, Lindy Ruff had said, you know, it was extremely important for Vitek to have that night he had going into the playoffs, just for you know the the sheer confidence that he's building for himself and and for the team in front of him. So um, I, I do believe, you know, that Vitek Vanacek has really stabilized the the Devils' uh, crease. We've seen what it was like last year. Um, the Devils, believe it or not, were not as bad as they looked last year. They just couldn't get a save. So the fact that he stabilized it himself this season, um, I think you you can definitely depend on him going into the playoffs. As far as the grit, um, that's exactly what Tom Fitzgerald tried to address at the trade deadline, acquiring Timo Meyer. Obviously, Timo Meyer addresses other needs as well, um, such as goal scoring. Um, but, you know, you, you're really starting to see Timo come into his own recently. He's got, I think, five goals in his last six games. Um, he's just throwing the body out there, looking real comfortable. He admitted... The other night, too, that he's really starting to understand Lindy Ruff's system a lot more. It was a little confusing, he said at first, um, but he's got it down now. Uh, and so you, you can see that he, he's growing more and more comfortable each night. Uh, and, and don't forget, they also acquired Curtis Lazar, who, when he was acquired by the Devils, was already the, the leading hits um producer for the team uh, just upon acquisition. So I do think he'll draw back into the lineup, especially for the playoffs. Uh, and I think that does take care of any any grit that they might have been lacking before, because uh, you could really only depend on Nathan Bastion uh, and Miles Wood for that. You know, the rest of the team is rather small, right? E- even the other night, I was talking to somebody about Ryan Graves and how he hasn't been as physical as he, he maybe should be. Um, he's been a little bit more mobile, which is great, um, but he does have that physicality that he can present to, to other teams and, and to his opponents. So if he could just up that physicality even more, that's a little bit more sugar on top for the physicality that the Devils will need going to the playoffs. This is a team that hasn't been there in five seasons, and uh, a lot of that roster outside of the acquisitions from this summer um, haven't been there. So they, they might not really know until they get there what the physicality is going to take. Um, and that's why, you know, guys like Timo Meyer and uh, Curtis Lazar were, were crucial for them to acquire at the deadline. If the Devils were to get the Rangers in round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, what would be kind of the biggest deciding factor, the X factor for the Devils going into that series? What's one area of your game that you're like, OK, if they're going to beat the Rangers in a best of seven, they need this going well for them? It's going to be the goaltending. I know I just said earlier that Vitek Vanacek has stabilized it, but you know, you look at the offenses, I think that you can consider those a wash. You look at the defenses, I think you can also consider those a wash. So for me, it's the goaltending. Obviously, we know what Igor Shesterkin has done in the past. Uh, he's the reigning Vezina uh, uh, Trophy winner, and you know, Vitek Vanacek, although consistent, uh, is just not up to that level yet. So as long as uh, the Devils get consistent goaltending and can continue to maintain that constant puck pressure that Lynn 
Andy Ruff and, and Nico Heischer have um, constantly uh, reassured or, or um, reapplied within the locker room for the team over and over again, you know, puck pressure in all three zones. Um, if they can maintain that. I think that it, it's a, it's the best matchup for the Devils heading into the first round. So uh, that's what I'm hoping for, at least. I'd love to cover a, a, a Rangers-Devils first round matchup. That's uh, definitely exciting, but, uh, you know, we'll see after tonight. That would be a lot of fun. It would be a lot of fun. Actually, Gage, one more quickly because we got a couple of minutes. I'm looking at this blue line, and like we all knew who Dougie Hamilton is. He's legit. He's elite. Sure. But this blue line, you said it, you know, on par kind of with the New York Rangers. And at the beginning of the year, that would have surprised a lot of people. What's been the biggest surprise to you on this Devils blue line that's allowed them to have this kind of success? Yeah, um, I, I think most people might say, including myself, uh, the 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 evolution or or the revelation of John Marino, just because the Devils kind of got him for pennies, really, when you think about it, right? They sent Ty Smith and a draft pick to the Pittsburgh Penguins, um, and it was surprising uh, in in you know I, during the time of the trade that the Penguins were given up on a guy with some term. Um, but I, I would say that John Marino has definitely helped stabilize that blue line a little bit, and he's he's been playing very well in tandem with Ryan Graves um, as a duo. You know, I, I think that they've been one of the best, if not the best, uh, uh, duo for the Devils this year. And then more recently, Kevin Ball has really turned it on. The evolution of Kevin Ball has been really good as well, which bodes well for for that physicality aspect that we we talked about a little bit earlier because he is the largest uh, uh, player on the team at, you know, six foot six, 220 pounds, uh, maybe a little bit more than that. So um, the, the evolution of Kevin Ball and, and the acquisition of John Marino have been really good for this team and now that they have luke hughes in the mix you know we'll see how much he does play moving forward but you know that's just a luxury to have i think for their seventh defenseman at this point right now james the insight was fantastic man thanks for hopping on and we'll catch up again throughout the playoffs thanks boys looking forward to the next time Mike, we're going to pull a bit of an audible here for hashtag AskDFO and our inbox question because we got a question from the YouTube chat. We were going to touch on this in garbage time, but we're hitting on it now. The Blackhawks making an announcement today that Jonathan Taves will not be re-signed next year. Tonight will be his final game as a Chicago Blackhawk. Derek asks, what's next for Taves since he won't be re-signing in Chicago? My gut feeling says he's going to try to play. I From all the verbiage that's come out of him i just feel it feels like he's not done at 34 years of age even with the health setbacks in the last couple of years it feels like he wants another crack at the stanley cup my best guess so also tyler i think it might take him a little bit uh for him to make a decision and you can see here this was the statement put out today that i've had a number of conversations with jonathan throughout the season about his future with the blackhawks and this is coming from gm kyle davidson and recently we had the difficult conversation that he won't be re-signing this offseason tonight will be his final game as a blackhawk and it was very important for us to be able to provide a proper send-off for jonathan and our fans he's done so much for the organization and no matter where he plays next we're excited to get our fans to get the chance to show jonathan exactly how much he means to them and vice versa here kyler um yep. you know this is this is a tough day for a player when you know the writing's on the wall he's been missed he's been the captain of this team now since he was 20 years old 14 years at the helm three stanley cups a con Smythe, you name it uh he deserves to go out in his own way whether it's his career or with the blackhawks but i think he's going to try to play it again tyler i just hope that he gets a chance to make the right decision sit back not make that choice on jan on uh, july 1st 
Yeah, and actually, when you look at the way he's even handled this season, the last couple of seasons with the illnesses he's battled, he's always seemed very methodical and thought out. He doesn't seem like a guy who rushes anything. With those illnesses, that's why I sit here and go, man, you've won everything you could possibly win. You've made a ton of money. Maybe he will sit there and go, I've had a really good career, and I want to be remembered as only a Chicago Blackhawk. That that personally wouldn't stun me at all. If he were to look for a new spot, though, you would imagine a lot of contenders would be lining up for this guy. He's a Manitoba native. I, maybe a return to one of these Canadian teams that's looking to, again, keep their Stanley Cup window open. Maybe that shouldn't be ruled out. Maybe. You know, if it was me, I'd probably retire. I planned my retirement about three years before I walked away from the game, though. That's just how I am, I think. And it's not like I had as much of a resume as Taves and a chance to go win a Stanley Cup. So apples to oranges. But no matter what, um, Jonathan Taves, a fixture in Chicago, he'll have statues built around it, built to him mm -hmm. there and an absolute legend in that city that growing up in St. Louis, I can't stand so much. <laughs> an absolute first ballot Hall of Fame lock when you consider yeah. both the NHL and international resume of Jonathan Taves. Uh, let's move along to our daily bets brought to you by our friends at Patano, patano.ca. The game starts now with Patano, the regular season coming to an end with Batano and I got a couple of plays for this evening including a money line underdog Mike and I'm taking the Columbus Blue Jackets at plus 180 the Penguins are eliminated I think morale will be down they are in Columbus on the road and I think they're just going to be looking forward to getting on the plane and getting back home Columbus you know young team I don't think their management wants to see them win but I certainly do. Plus 180, I think, is a nice spot for a, you know, team. Neither of them have anything to play for. So I'll take the home dog is basically what I'm trying to say here. Uh, I do have a couple of parlays for tonight as well. In the West, I'm calling this the they have something on the line parlay. The Dallas Stars minus 238 on the money line. The Edmonton Oilers minus 182 on the puck line. I think both these sides will take care of business as they try to move into the top spot in their respective divisions. You play these two together, it's plus 120. I like that value. And my second one is a shot prop parlay that involves Pavel Buchnevich. He's hit this mark in four of his last five with the line only set at one and a half. And Joel Farabee, this line is set at one and a half. He has 11 shots in his last two games. That's a lot. That's averaging five and a half. I can do that math quick. I like taking Farabee over one and a half shots on goal. You play these two together, plus 159 on Botano. That is a tremendous spot as well. So a couple of parlays and the Blue Jackets on the money line brought to you by our friends at Botano. And Mike will move into garbage time where Craig Anderson, he was in the starter's crease at Sabres Skate. Sounds like they could give him game 82 if it's his final one, Mike. I mean, what a perfect moment and what a send-off it'd be. Oh, you're muted, Mike. It would be for the all-time winningest goaltender of the Ottawa Senators. Sometimes you got to check facts and you don't want to hear the typing out here. I tell you what, um, I think the world of Craig Anderson, uh, for somebody who's been in the NHL for 20 years now, uh, off and on early in his career, but 20 total seasons, uh, he's 41 years old. He's the oldest player in the NHL. He still managed to put up a 9-12 save percentage this year. Uh, and he's got well over 300 wins in the league, 318 total. I think he'll probably, if this is it, he'd probably best be remembered for that magical 2017 playoff run with the Ottawa Senators to the Eastern Conference Final. He had a 929 save percentage career in playoffs, like big-time performer. Um, you know, for me, Craig said that he can go either way. He could come back. He could go to Florida, coach his kids in baseball, whatever the best choice is for him. We'll say this, though. Buffalo Sabres have Devin Levi coming in, and he's going to need a mentor. 
And I'm not sure if Eric Comrie or Uka Pekalukkanen is going to be that guy. Straight up. You also have to think, though, can Craig play 30 games or more if needed? So I don't know how this is going to go, but if this is the end of the road for Craig Anderson, what a career, what a friend, what a teammate. Um, I'm happy that I still get to catch up to him when he swings through St. Louis because, like I say, this is a guy that's – he's really turned into one of the best you know, locker room guys you can imagine when early in his career, and he'll admit this, he was not. And it's been a big growth and you know, what he can do for Levi, what he's done for Buffalo this year, man, it's been huge. So congrats to Craig Anderson. Whatever you choose to do, I'll support you, buddy. Uh, just quickly, because we have less than a minute left, uh, you know him personally. Is that a guy who maybe has coaching in his blood? Uh, coaching baseball for his kids, I think. Sounds about That's right. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> there you go. Uh, great insight today from you, Mr. McKenna. It is going to be a fun night around the NHL, and this show will be back tomorrow at noon Eastern to break it all down. Enjoy moving day, hockey fans, and keep it locked on Daily Faceoff. We'll talk again tomorrow. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.